Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey friend, welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast. And Scott, you are back. Woohoo! And just in time because we're launching into a new series, a new conversation that every parent should be a part of. We're talking about how to effectively leave a good legacy of health, fitness, and good eating habits for your kids. Are you excited? Those knuckleheads? <laughs> Yeah, I know. They they deserve a legacy of something good, I suppose. All right, it. we'll do our best. <laughs> All right, so it's the holidays, and I know that during this time of year, there's just a lot of hustle and bustle. It's a capsule moment of craziness that does not really reflect the rest of the year, kind of the mundane moments of the rest of the year. But one thing I know is that during this time of year, we're kind of already thinking about traditions and the life that we as parents are creating for our kids. And I know what you're probably thinking. You're thinking, okay, this is so not the time of year to be thinking about exercise and how my habits are influencing my kids and what their future as a physically active person looks like. I'm just thinking about trying to get my Christmas cards out the door. Are we going to do Christmas cards this year? We haven't done them for the last two years, so I don't know if I want to start a new tradition of doing Christmas cards. Maybe New Year's cards. Let's give ourselves a little bit of grace here. We have said that literally for the last three years, I think. Like, oh, maybe this will be the year we do New Year's cards. (laughs) Guess how many times we've done New Year's cards. Yeah, so I get it. I mean, like, this is a crazy time of year. And thinking about leaving a legacy of fitness for your kids just might not be top of mind. But really, what better time to be talking about legacy, right? I'm trying to segue us. I'm trying to like mesh this all together. Bring it back around. Bringing it back around. Okay, so Scott, I'm going to put you on the spot. What is one holiday tradition that you've always cherished? Just something that your parents did with you as a kid And you just always look back on it and remember it with fondness. Okay. Can I have a two-part answer? Because there's one that my parents did with me, but one I enjoy doing with our kids. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You can, I I guess you can do two parts. Sorry, taking us off the rails already. You're really messing up my jam. (laughs) Okay, what? So what I enjoyed as a child, and I also enjoy doing with the kids, is I remember there was at least one time every Christmas season that my parents would have us get into our pajamas, we would make up some hot cocoa, hop in the car, and go drive around some neighborhoods and look at Christmas lights. Which is probably why I have a little Clark Griswold in me a and little? always want to have wait, some wait, Christmas wait, wait, lights around wait, the house. Wait, no, wait, wait. Back up. You just said a little bit of Clark Griswold. Okay, I have a lot of Clark Griswold. but <laughs> Which leads me to the second part of that one. Okay. My absolute favorite holiday tradition is that the night of Thanksgiving, we watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. And then on Christmas Day, after everything is done and gone, we watch 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's kind of the bookends of the holiday season for me, and I love it. Well, I think it's more than the bookends. I think it's like the first page, the second page, the third page, the fifth. Like, we watch it quite a few times. I'm not saying we only watch it twice, but... Yeah, it's watched a lot in our house. And you are right. You are Clark Griswold. I think you actually have that hockey jersey. Of course I do. You have the hockey jersey that he wears. Okay, if if you listening are like, oh, I am so a Christmas vacation person, I want to know. We got to know who's the Christmas vacation listeners. (laughs) Okay, one of my favorite traditions, and I think my mom still does this, but on Christmas morning, we would wake up to her blasting Johnny Mathis. <laughs> Which, what is the Johnny Mathis song? It's beginning to look a lot like, no. Is it that one? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas? I don't think so. Oh, it's going to come to me. I mean, I can't recall. We should have been better prepared Oh, I should have been better pre- Okay. But it's Johnny Mathis. I know that for sure. And we would come down the stairs to Johnny Mathis and there would be a fire in the fireplace. And there's something about that song that just brings me back. I love it. So those are like just fond traditions that ultimately they end up becoming legacies too. Really a legacy passed on to us that we find ourselves passing on to our kids. So yeah, I'm kind of bringing this full circle. We're talking about leaving a legacy with our kids, with our health and our fitness, but it's all so important. Our kids pick up so much from us that they can look back on with fondness. Now, before we get into it today, I do I really want to highlight something that someone said recently. They left a review. It was saved by Grace Alone, which, okay, high five. That's a fantastic name. (laughs) Totally simple. Gets the point across. We need more of those. I know. No numbers. No. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so she said... This podcast is just what I needed. Megan does an excellent job giving a godly perspective to fitness and health in a world full of comparison and selfies. She's helping me learn to enjoy splurges without feeling guilty or like a failure. And I'm growing to find freedom from the number on the scale, which is huge for me. May we all continue to grow in godliness together as stewards of the bodies God has given us. Awesome. Thank you so much for those kind words. Um, And listen, if you have been impacted by this podcast at all, if something has changed in your life because of a certain episode or just kind of collective episodes and you feel like, man, I'm in a better place now. Actually, just the way that I think about food and my body and nutrition. And if a piece of that is because of this podcast, I'd love to know. So if you could take a couple minutes and go leave a rating and a review, that would be so helpful. And I know iTunes is super weird about it. I was trying to show the ladies about a couple months ago at the Strong Mamas retreat, like how to leave a review. And they're like, are you kidding me? Apparently what you have to do is you have to unsubscribe. Like if you're subscribed, you cannot leave a review. What? Yeah. It's the weirdest thing ever. iTunes, they just kind of do what they want. So unsubscribe, go search for the podcast, scroll to the bottom, and there's a little spot where you can press some stars and leave a quick review, and then you can come back and subscribe again. Wait, so you're telling me if you're subscribed to a podcast, 
You can't review said podcast? Mm -mm. No, you can only review the ones that you don't follow. (laughs) I've never been more glad to have a Google phone. I know. Well, yeah. It is the way it is. But if you can figure that out, awesome. You can go leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. And bonus points if you mention the awesome co-host. And or Clark Griswold. (laughs) I'll take that. Okay, so let's dive into today's topic, just talking about leaving this legacy of health and specifically fitness for our kids. And I know for myself, as far back as I can remember, my mom always exercised. And my dad, he's another story. He never like actually worked out or exercised. He was always an athlete doing all sorts of crazy things. But my mom diligently did aerobics. Jane Fonda workout? No, it was Galad. 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 It was, he was this like aerobics instructor that had these black circle mats set up on the beaches in Hawaii. And he would do, you know, a bunch of like hopping side to side, like knee kicks and arm swings and stuff like that. And oh my goodness, my mom did it so diligently. She was so consistent with that. Maybe like three or four times a week. It was pretty impressive. (laughs) And I remember my sister and I, I have an older sister, and we used to dress up like the ladies in the background. They they wore leotards. Leotards, long socks, all the good stuff. Tights. So we would wear like our dance tights and put on swimsuits, like a leotard. This was back in the 80s, right? I needed with some Reebok princess shoes. Oh, yeah. And we had like scrunchies in our hair and we would do it with my mom. And it was just the funnest thing. (laughs) So that was a legacy. No, I'm remembering something. Okay, this is crazy. This is a full circle moment. A couple months ago, I had a post on Instagram that was liked by Galad Bodies in Motion. No. Yes. It was like, wait, 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 hold up. Galad liked something I posted. I didn't even know he was on Instagram. Galad knew he was a big influence on your life. Oh my goodness. Okay, that was a full circle moment. It was major. (laughs) Now, Scott, I know for you, your mom has always been an exerciser too. She is, she's diligent. Oh, she gets up, she gets on her treadmill, she puts in her minutes. Consistently. And like, Consistently. Oh, yeah. Every morning. Even our kids know that about her. They're like, yeah, grandma's probably on her treadmill this morning. Don't bother grandma while she's walking no. and watching Jeopardy from last night. <laughs> so today we want to teach you how to teach your kids good exercise habits, okay? With a good perspective, with doing the right things at certain times in their life, and making sure that you are modeling good behavior for them as their mom, as their parent, okay? So what are some of the most important things when it comes to teaching your kids good exercise habits? I think the first and foremost thing is teaching them how to have the right attitude and mindset around exercise. It needs to start here. It's really important for for your kids to understand that exercise is not a chore or something that should be dreaded. It's something that's fun. 
And Scott, I'm looking at you like saying this to you. <laughs> Listen, honey. <laughs> Exercise is not a chore. It's not something that should be dreaded. It's not fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's not fun at all. But all joking aside, I know you give me a hard time for that, but it's true. Um, <laughs> when we both described our relationships with exercise from our parents, yeah. you noticed that in neither of those was it a, this was something my mom had to do every day. Right. This was not something she dreaded every day. It was something she did and we kind of enjoyed it and thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, your mom, my mom... Fortunately, I mean, we had good examples of parents that consistently exercise not out of a state of like punishment or it was this horrible chore that they had to go through. And that's what we want for our kids too, is showing them that exercise is not punishment for something that you ate. It's not a chore. It's not something that should be dreaded. It can be very, very fun. And it's It's a way of celebrating and truly experiencing our bodies, our God-given bodies, the way that God desires for us. Exercising and doing things that are physically active, it brings God honor. And it's good stewardship of a gift that he's given to us. It's taken care. It's learning to take care of our bodies, recognizing them as temples of his Holy Spirit and making sure that we're not just neglecting them and understanding that God created our bodies to be capable of amazing things. So showing our kids that exercise is celebrating all of that and we can use it as a way to bring glory to God and really making sure that we take the time to teach kids That exercise, it's not about fat loss. It's not about spot training or trying to make your body look a certain way. And I would say it's really important for us as parents to make sure that those are never the words that we use when we go work out or when we exercise is to say, I'm doing this because I need to lose fat or I'm going to do these core exercises because I want to whittle my abs or give myself a six pack. You know, sometimes your kids might say those words like, oh, look at my six pack, you know, and it's fine to laugh at that and think it's cute, but hopefully they're not getting that type of language from you. Why are you laughing? Because our boys talk about this all the time. It's not in an unhealthy way, but okay, that's our true. boys are fairly blessed where they are just very thin. Just naturally. Yeah. And so they are always joking about having a six pack, even though it's like a two pack, but they're enjoying it and they think it's hilarious. Now, I don't think it's unhealthy at all because it's not like they're, oh my gosh, I need to work so that I can have a six pack. But it's pretty hilarious when these skinny little boys are sucking in a little bit and being like trying to count or find an ab on their little bodies. (laughs) Well, I mean... It's kind of put in our faces all day long, too, because they never wear clothes. I swear, clothes do not stick to their bodies. They can't keep a shirt on. So, (laughs) No, it was 30 degrees this morning, and Peter comes in in his skivvies. Yep. Why not? It's just his outfit of the day. It's where we're at. (laughs) 
So that's the most important thing is making sure that you are teaching your kids the right attitude and mindset. And honestly, I think a lot of parents overlook this part. They think, I don't need to spend any time teaching my kids how to have the right attitude about exercise. I'm just going to work out and whatever rubs off on that rubs off on them is going to rub off. But really the way that you set it up and the attitude that you have around it is it it matters. It really does. And that kind of leads me to the second point of it's really important that you as their mom, as their dad, if their dad's listening, that you are modeling good behavior. You set the tone in your home. It starts with you. And I'll just ask you, have you created a tone of being sedentary, lazy, and maybe just valuing a lot of time spent on your bum? Like if that's what you're modeling in your home, that's probably what your kids are going to value as well. Or have you created a tone where you highly value getting up and doing things and moving? Like is that the attitude and the tone that you have decided to create in your home? And I would say, as you described earlier, like your mom used to do the workout videos, mm-hmm. but your dad is also a guy who I've never say, seen sit down in his life. No. Like if you're awake, you're active. And I think there's a certain value to that of just being active and doing things, whether it's an exercise or not, that sets an example for your kids. For sure. For sure. So the other thing is just understanding, I mean, in this same category of modeling good behavior for your kids, let me ask you, do you dread exercising? Yes. (laughs) Scott, we all know that you do. But maybe you can start pretending to not dread it. (laughs) Just put on a good show because that rubs off on them. If you begrudgingly go about it, they're going to kind of pick up on that feeling of like, huh, maybe this is something that's not fun. Maybe this is something that when I'm an adult, I'm not going to really like to do. And another thing, do you treat your workouts as punishment for bad choices or as something where you're trying to undo bad choices? Like how it, it starts with you, how you are treating your workouts and the purpose of your workouts. It's all going to rub off on them. And then look at yourself and kind of your own habits and ask yourself, are, are you modeling consistency to them? <laughs> it's a great question. And this is One of the reasons why the whole consistency series was super popular, because I know for many of us, consistency is really challenging. We have weeks where we're all in. We have weeks where we're all off. I know for my kids, looking at them, I want them to be a very consistently physically active person. And knowing that that begins with me, like my inconsistency is definitely going to affect me and my own physical health. But man, if I look at it in a way of they pick up on that too. And if you're someone that starts a workout program and you work out every single day of the week and then you abandon that workout program and your equipment just kind of gets shoved into the corner collecting dust, what is that showing to your kids? Like it's, it's important sometimes or sometimes not important? Or are you going to be the parent... That when your kids get older, they say, just like you and I have been able to say, Scott, 
For as long as I can remember, my mom exercised consistently. And that's what I hope that my kids see. I know, I know my kids can say that about me. (laughs) Well, and I think they can say that about you too. Don't look at me like that. As much as you dread it. (laughs) I dread it, but I do it. You do it. That's, that's important. You need to just start working on your like happy face while you're going about it. Like, yay, I love this. No, they actually love when I work out because it means they get to watch a show with me. Mm-hmm. So it's either home improvement, yep. which was one of my favorites as a kid. They get to watch that with me or deadliest catch. They love watching the fishermen out there, but they're excited when I work out. They're like, dad, are you going to work out? I'm like, yeah, I think so. Awesome. What are we going to watch? <laughs> well, those are the things they're probably going to remember. Like, they'll look back and be like, don't you remember that whenever dad worked out, like, we would watch that old, archaic show, Home Improvement? <laughs> so good. <laughs> okay, so that's kind of laying the the framework, the, the groundwork for having a good attitude about fitness in your kids and creating, just modeling good behavior for them. So let's move into logistics and talk about some specifics now for kids. Just some age-appropriate fitness, because I get this question a lot. Like, should my kids be working out with me? Some of them want to do that. Like, what's appropriate at certain ages? What should I be encouraging them or telling them not to do? I know that that's a question that's out there. So there are certain goals at every age that kind of spans the whole breadth of a child's development. Certain things that every child can be encouraged to think about and work on. And the first thing is just teaching kids how to move and encourage them to do it a lot. That's basic. You can do that at any age. You can do that for a two-year-old and for a 20-year-old, just encouraging them to move as often as possible. And then the second goal that you can make sure to instill in them is exposing them to a variety of sports and athletic possibilities. They might be into it, they might not be, but just kind of opening that door for them just as another outlet for extra movement and for a way to learn about their body and improve in their own body awareness. And that leads me to the next point is just helping them learn to have more body awareness and just more control. This is something that even if they don't feel particularly into athletics or into sports at all, they will certainly appreciate it later down the road, just having greater body awareness. I work with so many moms that are in their 30s or 40s or 50s, and they're like, I wish I had learned how to squat (laughs) way back in the day, or I had learned how to run properly. Those things are catching up to me now because I'm having to learn all that for the first time, or I've never gotten this level of body awareness before. And it's, it's pretty fun to finally learn it, but it would have been great to have learned it a long time ago. So those are things that you can be encouraging your kids um, at any age, no matter what. Okay, so looking back, my first real job out of college was youth athletic performance development. So we worked with kids as young as 10 years old and then all the way up the spectrum, you know, even into professional athletes. But here was kind of the breakdown of what we focused on starting at 10 years old. 
So for a kid as young as 10, and then kind of the 10, 11, 12 year old range, this is like elementary school, maybe like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. For these kids, the best thing to focus on is just general body awareness and control. So teaching them good athletic position and movements. So it's really, really key to help teach them this before they hit puberty. (laughs) Because once they hit puberty, they have to kind of relearn everything because their body totally changes. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But getting them, like teaching them these just fundamentals before their body grows and starts to mature is really helpful, actually. So with these kids, we taught them how to run properly, just some basic running mechanics. And even now, Peter, our seven-year-old, I'll teach him, you know, if I see him running, I'll be like, hey, buddy, up on the balls of your feet, pick your knees up higher, pump your arms more. Pump those arms. Pump those arms. You know, he'll run with like super straight, stick straight arms. (laughs) But you can make a game of it and be like, hey, see how fast you can run from here over to that tree Do it the way you normally would do it. Okay, come back. Now I want you to try this. See if you can do it again, but this time pick your knees up a little higher. Don't let your heels touch and pump your arms as hard as you can. See if that works better. And usually, yeah, they're way faster. So teaching kids at that pretty young age just how to run and how to sprint properly is really helpful. And then teaching them how to get in an athletic position. An athletic position is kind of like a half squat where your weight is forward on the balls of your feet, you, you're sitting into your hips a little bit, and you have your hands out in front of you, just kind of in a ready position. That's not natural, <laughs> actually. And teaching certain kids, especially little boys that, it's kind of awkward. And you have to be like, no, stick your bum out. <laughs> but understanding how to be in that athletic position It's really helpful for kids as they grow up. And then just general functional movement skills. This is something that we did a lot with 10 to 12 year olds. Just learning how to be on your hands and knees in that quadruped position. How to balance lifting opposites and being in control while you lift your right hand and hold your left leg up. And getting them to learn how to move their bodies forward efficiently and then sideways without tripping over your feet. And maybe moving in a diagonal motion or backpedaling. These are things that you kind of, they're skills that are really helpful to learn. And with kids this young, we're not working on building muscle or building power or speed necessarily or anything else until the kids learned how to move their bodies properly. So for you, for just a suggestion for you with your kids at home, Teach them good mechanics. Teach them how to run properly, like I suggested. Um, Teach them, like show them how you're learning how to squat, things like that. So they just kind of understand this general awareness of good athletic movements. So around that 10 to 12 age range is a good time to teach these skills. So, okay, so then the next stage of development is kind of the 13, 14, 15 year old. And boy, this is awkward. (laughs) Awkward. Super awkward stage. This is like junior high. 
This is, it's really important in kids to just keep fostering good body control and movement. And let me tell you, a 14-year-old boy doesn't have a whole lot of body control (laughs) in many ways, (laughs) especially athletically. And I can't tell you how many young men that I've worked with, I'm like, oh goodness, we got to go back to the beginnings because you knew this at 10 and now you just grew 10 inches in the last year and wow, your Legs body. Legs and arms, you don't know what to do oh with. Oh my goodness, you are a giraffe and <laughs> you're walking like one. <laughs> so this time of life is really key for working on their just general body awareness lot of awareness at this age and then just those fundamentals like athletic fundamentals these are key during this time so recognizing that they're going through puberty so their bodies are growing they're stretching and changing in so many ways this is not a time of life for them to be necessarily working out but rather focusing on just good athletic movement skills okay i don't care if a 14 year old works out or not i care that they are learning how to work and move and master their bodies better. Because let me tell you, like I said, it is awkward. And often during this time, like during these years, is when certain aches and pains might float to the surface for them, especially for athletes that are using their bodies a lot. This is when issues like Osgood-Schlatter's, which is kind of like a kneecap pain tendonitis, comes to the surface. Some kids will start to get like tennis elbow, maybe just right like ankle pain. And a lot of these issues are from maybe a body that's moving really awkwardly, but also a body that grew really fast overnight and everything is kind of stretched out and not functioning great. So once again, the junior high years, this is when you really want to emphasize just good movement mechanics. And then we move into high school. So the 16, 17, 18-year-old years, this is when the focus can turn toward true performance development, but it doesn't have to. It's kind of all about the kid and what they're interested in. If your high schooler is not into sports, that's okay. You can encourage them to you know, pursue activities and be athletic and fit in, in other ways. They don't need to do sports. But if they are into sports, they can certainly be working out now and working on building strength. And it should always be coming from a good foundation of functional movement skills. They should really know how to squat well and hinge like a deadlift, doing some good pulling and pushing, rotating and learning how to plank properly. And nothing aggravates me more than getting, seeing high schoolers in like, a high school locker room or a gym setting and nobody taught them how to squat properly yet they show up to like football like conditioning class and there's they suddenly have a bar on their back it's like oh dear we need to back up <laughs> what can you push what can you squat <sighs> yeah that's another that's another conversation for another day yeah but if this if you're high schooler If they did everything up to that point that I mentioned, they have good body mechanics and good awareness, they can certainly start pushing heavier weight if their technique is sound. They can also work on speed and power development and then even more of those sport-specific skills. 
So high school is kind of when things get a little bit more serious and they can do more intentional workouts. It's fine for them. So what about younger kids? I kind of skipped over that and I'm sure you were thinking like, but my kid is like two. (laughs) So what about kids that are 10 and under? What would you, what comes to your mind, Scott? For someone, for a kid that's like 10 and under, what do you feel like is probably the most important thing for physical activity? Well, I think just the most important thing is to get them out and get them moving. Yeah. Like to be out doing things. You know, I'm not working with our kids on technique, but it's let's go run around. Let's go kick a soccer Mm -hmm. ball. Let's go throw a football. Like, let's not get down to the nitty gritty details, but just being out moving awareness of your body. Yeah. Just coming up with lots of different ways to be active. And honestly, a kid should not necessarily, and this is coming, I'm a strength and conditioning specialist. So this is coming from someone who's seen kids all along the way. They should not specialize until probably late high school. So especially as a kid, a young kid, expose them to lots of different activities sign them up for, you know, if you can handle it, sign them up for different types of sports. Maybe encourage them to try like more skill-based sports like golf or baseball and then encourage them to try something that's a little bit more physically focused like soccer or basketball or volleyball. I mean, there's lots of skill development that comes with all of that. Well, and I'll say anecdotally, like not that any of our kids will probably become professional athletes. Like, if that happens, great, awesome. But if you listen to what those coaches talk about when they're drafting from the professional level, is a lot of them really look for athletes that have played multiple sports. Yeah. And the reason they like that is because it shows a well-roundedness and an ability to try a lot of different things. And although I think my kids will never achieve that level, I think it's really important to remember that doing a variety of things, especially at an early level, is just good for the overall health of the child. Well, and I think they develop so many other skills that are beyond just being physical, like being oh, on sure. a being on a team, being doing a solo sport, you know, learning how to work with a coach and be in like that type of a mentorship role and understanding their bodies in totally different environments is so valuable. So, yes, exposing them to a variety is so key. Another thing I'm going to say is let your younger kids work out with you. Let them participate. I get that question a lot. Like, my kids want to work out with me. Should I let them do that? Yes. It's not going to hurt them, okay, even if they pick up weights, all right? It could be fun maybe to keep a a small pair of dumbbells on hand for them to use as their very own to just kind of pretend. But let them treat exercise equipment like toys they can put like the bands on their heads they can play around with the medicine balls let it just be fun for them get them involved with you i know a lot of moms will say like i just don't want my kids to work out with me at all and i get that like i don't sometimes i don't want to be bugged (laughs) while i'm working out sometimes all the time i don't want to be bugged while i'm however my kids are with me frequently while i'm working out they're participating a lot 
So don't be afraid to let them work out with you, okay? And no matter what, help them remember, even at a young age, help them celebrate their bodies and cheer them on for what their body can do. Even a little two-year-old, you can look at and say, hey, look, wow, look how strong you are. That's a really great looking squat. Or I can't believe you picked up that much. You are so strong. So just cheering them on for what their bodies can do, not for what their body looks like, all those words of encouragement are going to go a really long way. So finally, I want to circle back to body typing because this is something that we talk about a lot on the podcast. Um, I know that it's so helpful for us as adults, as grown women that are trying to learn and figure out our own bodies. But I get to ask this question quite often. Um, Should you be body typing your kids? Mm, It's a great question. And you may have already taken my body type quiz, and hopefully you have. If you haven't, make sure you go do that. Um, There's a link in the show notes to take the quiz, and you're going to find out so much more about your body, things you might not have already known, and like how to train and eat more effectively for your unique design. But is this something that you should be encouraging your kids to do or maybe suggesting for your kids? The short answer is no. And I just don't think it's very helpful or even healthy for kids to be or feel placed in a category. I don't know. What do you think about that, Scott? That's my own opinion about that. (laughs) I like to say it's a professional opinion, but it's kind of my own feeling. We are professionals, so it is a professional opinion. But I would completely agree. I just don't think there's anything positive that's going to come out of trying to figure out what category your child falls into. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, no matter what category they do fall into, they just need to move. Right. And be athletic and do those things. So it doesn't really matter what category because they're not going to be making big changes based off of that. It's really just to focus on if you're young, move and enjoy moving. And then when you're older, if you want to look more into that stuff and kind of define how you want to focus your strength training and your eating, that's great. But as a child, just move. Yeah. And I think as, as, as parents, you know, we, can, we know our kids well. And I can see my two boys, they're, they are different body types. I think one takes after you, Scott. He's more of an ectomorph. and, and Poor one, kid. <laughs> and one is a mesomorph already. I can tell. But that's not something I'm going, that's not information I'm going to share with them because I just don't think it's helpful. I don't think they're mature enough to take that information well. And I, it just doesn't need to be highlighted. Well, and more importantly, you don't treat them any different. No. Like at this stage in their lives, you're doing the same things with them. Right. Which is encouraging them to move, encouraging exactly. them to be involved in sport, encouraging them to do things where their body is in motion, right. regardless of what their underlying body type is. Yeah. I think probably the worst thing would be for... <laughs> A parent who understands that, okay, my kiddo, most likely an endomorph. I should tell them they're an endomorph and let them know that they should not eat carbs. 
Ooh, that is just bad. It's you're setting them up for dieting from there on out or telling your kiddo, hey, you're most likely an ectomorph. You're not going to be able to build muscles anyway, so just don't worry about it. Like you're just going to be skinny and scrawny. Like how is that going to help them? It's not going to be beneficial to them. Now, I think for like maybe a high schooler, it it could potentially be helpful. And you're going to know your own kid, like how mature they are and how they feel about their own body. But if you're starting, it, the situation where I feel like it could be helpful is if you're starting to notice your son or daughter comparing their body to other friends' bodies. One, I think about it. If your kid is going out for track and field, mm-hmm. like very popular thing in high school, there's lots sure. of different events there. If your kid is going to be better at the shot put or the javelin, right? maybe you push them that way a little bit. If your kid is going to be the 1600 meter runner, like it's okay to push them that way a little bit. But that is mm-hmm. as they get further along in high school and understanding their natural talents. But when they're younger than that, there's no need to push them in either way. No, and I think even at that point when they're in high school, you can you can kind of make sure that the conversation is moving in a direction of like, hey, we've all been created very differently. And God designed you with a very unique skill set for your, like I can tell that your body is really, really good at this particular set of things. And try to focus more on what their body can do. You know, you might not even need to use words like endomorph, ectomorph, mesomorph. That might not be helpful. That might be putting them on in that category still. And they just might not be mature enough for that yet. But you can start to highlight like, wow, you have been designed in a way that your body really, really excels at this particular thing. And really try to keep the attention on their physical capacities not on their appearance and not try to delineate from one person to the next based on just appearance, but trying to highlight like, hey, God designed you this way and you're probably going to be a really, really good shot putter or a really great distance runner or a really great sprinter or whatever based on what you're seeing as unique in your kiddo. But what I think is cool about that is it gives you an opportunity to really highlight, as you said, the way they are designed. Yeah. And it doesn't become, you're not good at this. It's God designed you with this Mm -hmm. as your specialty or this as where you're gifted. Yeah. And it allows it to be a very positive conversation with your child of, look at all the great things you can do because Mm. God designed you this way. Exactly. So... Step into that. I'm going to be right here with you, encouraging you to to foster those things and to explore that more and to be really, really good at those things if that's something that you want to pursue. So remember, you set the tone. You drive the conversation. It all comes back to this. Yes, your kids are an individual that may or may not like to play sports or do athletic things, and that's okay. But when you are modeling as their parent, lots of physical activity, just good body awareness, and you keep reminding them that fitness is a way of celebrating and truly experiencing our God-given bodies the way that God desires for us, then you're doing great. 
as a parent, okay? All right, so that wraps up our conversation today about leaving a legacy for your kids, kind of in the fitness and and exercise side of things. But make sure to come back next week because I'm sitting down with another mom, Jen Brazil, who has some fantastic tips and tricks for helping your kids eat healthy without fostering a diet mentality in them and how to get them to even participate with you more in the entire food process. So kind of continuing this conversation about leaving a legacy for your kids, but on the nutrition side of things. So you're not going to want to miss that conversation. All right. If you have a moment, we would love if you could go take a moment to rate the show, leave us a review, and don't forget to mention Scott and Clark Griswold. (laughs) Bonus points. Bonus points if you do that. All right, friend, thank you once again for joining us today. And until next time, we'll talk to you later.